let's just say by the time you get back, it's afternoon and knowing you guys and how you shirk responsibility, you just decide to go home, call it a travel day, come back in the next morning, write your reports, do all of that, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. I don't want to know what you all did in that night, but you guys come back in the morning. You're there bright and early, 9 a.m. Who gets there first? Sounds like a Philip thing. It does indeed sound like a Philip thing. And in fact, while the official open of business is 9 a.m., Philip is generally there between 6 and 7. It gives him plenty of time to set up his tea service to have a nice pot poured, perhaps have a English muffin or some toast. Check his historical miniatures and see what famous battle he is going to set them up to reenact today. And of course, he has a report to write. So by the time everybody else comes in, his report is already completed, sealed, and in the mail. Who is in next? Well, Cookie would be used to showing up to work about 10 minutes before her shift would actually start. I would just walk in and say my good mornings and go right to our kitchen to make a pot of coffee. As Philip was playing with his miniatures and setting up his report, Samuel would have come in and gone immediately to the dark room to start processing and getting the film ready. And he'll probably be in there for a majority of the day with as long of a tedious process as it would be. Mm-hmm. Bruno comes in, heads to the kitchenette, grabs some coffee, starts pacing around the office just to get the lay of the land. Finn comes in, dark circles under his eyes. He looks rather tired. I, um... Bruno, I uh, got your got your report here. I couldn't sleep, so I wrote it up early. Hey, that's great. Thanks, uh, Ben. You have how? Yeah, sure thing. And I will take the report and start reading it in case Patterson asks me any questions about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you got to sign off on it as well. So as you're doing that, and Sam's in the dark room, and Cookie's doing her report, and Philip's playing with miniatures, and Finn's writing his report now. The doors will open and a woman walks in, tight sweater, little skirt, low heels, pearl necklace, and the brightest shade of red lipstick you can imagine. She's carrying a stack of envelopes and she walks in with a big smile, walks right up to Bruno. Hey, Bruno, how's it going? You all love Ruth. Ruth brings payroll. Hey, Ruth, you, uh, how you doing? better now that you guys are back in town and she'll start thumbing through the envelopes. So where were you guys off to this time? Oh, we were up at uh, Innsmouth. Where's that? Give vague directions in that it's three hours northeast in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's a little coastal town. Oh. She'll hand you your envelope. Hmm. Does she know about weirdness, or is she just like a clerk? She's kind of heard some stories. She has not heard the worst of the worst, though. She just knows that you guys deal with things. Does she believe it all? Does she know it all? No. As I take my envelope and write, pull on it to pull it a little close and be like, fish people. 
should lean in a little conspiratorially. Like, like, what do you mean fish people? When she says, like, I take my fingers to the corners of my mouth and I pull it down and wide. I bug my eyes out real big at her. Fish people. Oh, Bruno. <laughs> You're so funny. And she'll walk and just toss Finn his check and toss Cookie hers and set Phillips down because he's told her time and again to do it. And then she'll just go to Sam's desk, look around, and just plop his down. And then as she walks out, she'll give a smile and a wink to Bruno and leave. I'll wave at her back with the envelope with the paste stub in it. Crack that bad boy open. Woot woot, payroll. As government employees, you make $60 a week. Samuel, while you're in that dark room, tell me about the photos you're developing. Well, the first photos are obviously the last ones I've taken, which were the cavern, the caves, the obelisks that were defying gravity hanging from the ceiling. The cave entrance, the sunset, the ocean, mm-hmm. trying to get that whole kaleidoscope of things. And then he starts shuffling around, hurrying through this next set because it's all the people from oh. the town center, the, the, the town square areas. That's right. Image after image after image. These people that are just so fishy looking. Yeah. And as you develop those pictures, you were taking candid shots, but I swear every single person in those frames all look to be looking right at you. Right. It's downright creepy. I'll see another fish. will be too soon. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to spend most of the day dealing with that. You're just looking at get all those, the rock pictures together. You start going through all the fishy pictures and people trying to get that together. You don't have anything of any creature. Yep. What are the rest of you doing at your day's work and who's going to skip out early because their reports are done? Finn is falling asleep while writing his report. He has coffee in one hand and pen in the other that just keeps falling over and dipping like his, his head bobs as he's writing. And Finn, what are you wearing today? He is wearing a normal suit that you would wear in the office. Nothing fancy. He tends to prefer green, so it's probably a dark, dark green. You can kind of mistaken it for uh, close to black. Okay, so you dress a little more professionally when you're in the office than when you're out in the field. Yeah. Okay, all right, great. All right. Once I finish my report, I'll walk over and give Bruno a little bit of a hard time. I'm reading my report, holding the paper up in front of me, and on my desk laying flat is the racing forums, the newspaper with all of the details, and I'm just kind of flicking between the two of them. So when are you going to ask Ruth with the red lips out, Bruno? put my report down on top of my not looking at racing forms. I'm not uh, I'm not sure quite what you're talking about, Miss Charlotte. Oh, please. It's as clear as day. She had eyes for you. Quite. Even I can see it, and I'm over here recreating the retreat from Kabul. Yeah, that's not all you retreat from. 
I have no idea what you're speaking about, but I suppose you are the experts having run away and hid from Ruth. No, he didn't run anywhere. Give him a chance, Philip. He's working up to it. Obviously, she loves his sense of humor. Didn't you see her giggle at his stupid face? <laughs> I suppose I did at that. I look over towards Finn. Give him a look of, like, help me out, brother. Uh, he's currently actually, like, sleeping. See him there with his head down. Just like, fuck. I, uh, I didn't run away from nothing. She came in. I'm still sitting here. She left. Clearly, she was done with delivering all the paychecks. Yes, of course. And now that you have your paycheck, you could take her out and treat her to a nice meal. Probably a nicer meal if you wouldn't be spending money on other people doing your work for you. You ever uh, read his reports? No. I write my own. Well, there's your problem. I'm $10 richer. What are you going to do with it? Who are you going to take out with your $10? I think I'll go to the movies. Thank you. All right. What are you going to do with the other $9.50? I'll buy myself some snacks. Don't you have a, a box or two left over from, from Innsmouth? Yes. Those are for emergencies. Thank you so much for buying them for me. Um, oh, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, let's see. This one was right here. Yeah. You know, nearly $10 of snacks is going to, and he'll motion. Like, eh, it's going to. Don't change the subject. Why not? You're trying to be so interested in how I spend my money. Well, I think she's really nice, is all. You should definitely ask her out. But with that, I think that. I'll leave you to it, but we're all waiting for the office romance to kick off. We have a vested interest. Uh, yes, I do agree with Charlotte. We do. You have a vested interest in making my life miserable. Yes, that's what I said. Where's Sam? He got my back. I'll start to get up and... No, oh, he, he came in early. He's in the dark room. I won't step foot in there now. And with that, I'll just leave him alone. And I gather my things and, I guess, take myself out on my date to the cinema. Philip is meticulously placing his figurines, then stands back, looks at it, crosses his arms, puts his thumb on his chin as if he's deep in thought, and then he'll move another piece here or another piece there. He'll check his pocket watch. Go. I um. I have a mandatory meeting that I must attend to with the doctor. Do you have a fine rest of the day? And he's going to head off to the therapist. Samuel, can you please do a constitution check? You're holding it together as you uh, go through frame of frame of frame, picture of picture of picture, processing each and every one of fish people. You're not losing it yet. Yeah, and about that time, I'm I'm finishing up, wrapping them up. I put them in their giant manila envelope so that I can actually forward them up with my report. Then I'll flip on the lights and 
head out into the common room to go find my desk and start writing this report. As you come to your desk, you see an envelope with a very familiar look to it. My eyes perk up a little bit at that. Ooh. Ticket Ruth came by. Okay. I'll look through the envelope. I just tuck it inside my jacket pocket and get to writing my report. Because I don't want to lose that envelope. And if I lose it, leave it on the desk, I'm going to lose it in the shuffle of the report. Mm-hmm. By now, you'll notice Cookie is gone and Philip is gone. It is now early afternoon. Finn is possibly sleeping at his desk again. I don't know where Bruno is. If I am finally left alone from these two, I have gotten a piece of paper out and I am making a list of various things to place bets on. Mm-hmm. Horse races, sports, whatever. Okay. Might not place the bets, may just things I'm looking at to run by people, that kind of thing. Sam, you're uh, typing up your report and it takes you not too long. I mean... Basically, are writing down that you took a bunch of pictures. You have the pictures there in the envelope. You've reconvened with people several times. And you um, finish your report up. And as you are putting the finishing touches, your eyes kind of linger over on your desk to a little newspaper ad that you have kept for a while. And it shows... A camera store, one of your favorite ones, is going to be having a sale soon. So with the report done, put it in the outbox so that it can make it up to Agent Patterson and roll that newspaper up, shove it in my back pocket, take a last look around the office, see if anybody else is in here. Bruno, I'm heading out. Are you staying put or you keeping an eye on Finn or, or, or what are you doing? I uh, was just going over my report, and I'll hold it up. Did I find anything interesting in there that, in case Patterson asks me, I knew a little bit of what was going on? Finn does a fantastic job, and why not for $10 per report? You do see one major event missing from your report, Bruno, and that is the interrogation of Mr. Ford at the movie house with the other three, Cookie, Philip, and Samuel. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there for that. That's a glaring hole, especially since three other reports probably will name you as there and your report won't have it. So I don't know what you want to do now, Bruno. I'm looking at it, looking back up and looking down at the report. My hand kind of scratches the back of my head. Paid Finn again, huh? All right. Well, I got a thing I got to go take a look at, at at the store. So good luck. And I'll turn around and walk out. I'll just look at him, passed out on the desk. I'm just like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to break out a piece of paper and a pen and start writing. And then after a minute or so after Sam has left, I'm going to get up and look at Cookie and Philip's desk to see if their reports are hanging around. Then mine would be sealed and in the box, wherever they yeah. be. In the outbox, in fact... So seeing the situation I have found myself in, I will actually begin to write my report and just kind of spend a fair bit of time doing that because, well, fuck. After a couple of minutes of writing the report, he's like, fuck this. I'm going to put a pot of tea on, go over, 
grab Philip's report, bring it over, use the steam from the team kettle to, to steam it open, and then begin subtly plagiarizing. Does anything stand out oddly to Bruno Philip as he reads your report that would differ from Bruno's own experience of Insmith? Yes. Yes, there would be some very glaring differences. So as Bruno reads the report, much of it is the same. Bruno, Finn, and Samuel report going down here. Philip interviewed the innkeeper, Mrs. Collins. We found these details, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get to the last day. I'm a little shocked because it's like, okay, here was the interview. And then it's like, wait, there's more? Hold on. You turn the page and it mentions the interview with Mr. Ford. And at the bottom, it says, as per our phone discussion, I did return to the cinema after the meal had concluded in order to forward our contact information to Mr. Ford. When I entered the cinema, everything was left unfinished as your containment team has no doubt informed you of. When I attended the projection booth, I found Mr. Ford there, stabbed to death. There was no murder weapon. There was a crumpled up shirt left next to the body. I have left a sketch of its placement as I informed you that I put the shirt in a popcorn bag to be sealed as evidence. Per your instructions, I locked up, left a note, and left the key for your agent to retrieve the first thing in the morning. Take a look at the sketch. And the sketch will show, because he made another one, a body face down, and then there is a crumpled up shirt that was sitting next to it. And there is some shading that would indicate uh, blood pooling, especially around the shirt. How good of an artist is, is Philip? Let's go with forgery. The sketch is horrible. I mean, you get a rough idea, Bruno. It's not a piece of art, that's for sure. Yeah, it never is with his little men. I will leave that part out, but does it go into detail? It does describe the shirt. It is a size smaller than Philip. It is a men's like outer shirt, not an undershirt. There is an additional blood stain on the chest area, as well as the blood from where it was crumpled and laying in a pool of blood. It does also describe the wound that he saw. Philip? The wound was in the chest. It looked like a stab wound that was then worked to the side. There was no murder weapon found, but it was very specifically a death by stabbing. Just the one stab wound? Mm-hmm. The blood spot on the shirt, does that... Is it described in a way that would make me think that whoever did it was also injured? No, it just shows that there was a large blood stain on the chest of the shirt. Maybe Philip would have noted that the edges of it maybe look like they were more of a spray, where the more denser part of it is just soap. I will just let this stew... Finn wakes up abruptly with a, a sharp jolt, makes a kind of a loud... Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. 
Is the sun setting? No, it's afternoon, but the only person in the office right now is Bruno, who looks a little consternated. Yeah, he's writing. When you make noise, he's going to look up. It's like, you, uh, you miss a part. Oh, fuck. What'd I miss? Yeah, I should have remembered you weren't there for the talking to the guy. So I'm just, uh... Oh, right. Yeah. Did you want me to... You make a verbal report to me and I'll flower it up for you. It's too late. It's already... Nah, it's only the the last bit here, so... Grab an envelope, fold it up in the little three three folds, put it in there, seal it, point to the envelope on your desk. Ruth was by. She dropped off your check. Oh, right, that's splendid. I'll, uh... I don't know what I'll do with it. Something, I guess. I'll lean over and smile and be like, you know, we could, uh, we can make some money. And I'll get up. I'll get two envelopes in my hand. One mine and one Phillips report that I'm putting back in the basket. And as I walk by Finn's desk, I will drop on it the horse races and stuff with my circles for suggestions and stuff and just drop that on his desk. Right. You know what? Why not? I have a spare tenor just lying around. Could place a few bets with it. Drop the reports in the basket, look back at him and was like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about your fee next time. Right. Look, um, I'll meet you at your place. I'll just finish writing up my thing and, uh, say what? Fire clock? Yeah, we can head down to the, uh, the track or whatever. Radio. Sounds good. Bruno and Finn, you're going to leave the derp offices and make your way to the track. Which track uh, are you going to outside of Boston? Boston's a big town. I just assume there's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Taking a cab, riding public transportation, somebody have a car. I at least probably have a car. You do have a car, yeah. So you just leave the offices and drive over. So yeah, I'm going to let you guys take it away. I imagine we kind of pick up the interesting stuff while we're at the track, going around. What kind of gambling was... Let's go dogs. Barcina's going to open up with Bruno and Finn standing on the bleachers around the track. I've got a couple of tickets in my hand for bets that I've placed. Did Finn place any bets? Finn would have placed a, a dollar or two on the first race, just to figure out how this stuff happens, how it works. We make a little bit of an evening out of this. I imagine they have a restaurant there where we can get something to eat, anything really to keep us at the track and gambling, because that's how casinos and related things make their money. Sounds about right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a gambling roll. And see how I do. Oh. 
as it was my idea to come out, I paid for Finn's dinner. Because, you know, that's how you do. Lovely. And Finn just loses $10? So after a nice dinner and blowing a bunch of money, get back in the car, start driving back towards your house. So as we're driving down one of the longer stretches of road at night, I'm just going to turn to Finn and be like, so, uh, why'd you kill the guy? Uh, what guy? Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford? Not looking at Finn, just, you know, eyes on the road straight ahead. Just, yeah, the guy at the cinema. Why, uh, why'd you think I killed him? Roll my head slightly to the side to look at him, and then look back off to the road. You mentioned something about him being murdered in the uh, in the car when we were picking up Philip. Mentioned he got stabbed. Well, yeah, didn't didn't the um didn't the officer say that? No. Just said there was a body. Uh, you knew a, a bit about the uh, the situation, and uh, when I was copying Philip's report. I saw that he wrote some details in there that uh, I I didn't know because, yeah, well, I didn't see the body. And that night you went out for a walk. Oh, I'd been cooped up all day. Why wouldn't I go for a stroll? Anyway, must have been just a lucky guess. Look, I, uh, I'm not going to say anything. Well, there's nothing to say. I mean, I, why would I even kill him? I'll slow down at a turn, wait for another car to go by, and before I go, I'll turn and look at Finn. Because, uh... Because the same reasons I would have. Oh, yeah? And what would, what would those reasons be? Turn on the gas, turn the wheel, turn down the street. He's not gonna come home back here with us to the department. He's a dangerous man. So you would have killed him for... for, what, hire himself out to be for his services to others wouldn't have wanted to I'd have rather he came back here could have helped the department could you imagine the information we could get from people if he could just pull their memories out and then we could see him we could find a way to do that safely well that could have been useful couldn't it yeah could have been real useful could have done a lot of good Instead of him doing any actual good with his uh, capabilities, the one time he tried to do something good for other people, five people almost killed themselves. Right. So that that could be scary, and that's um, you're uh, you're stronger the man than I am because I could never do that something like that. No, I didn't kill him. Like I said, it was just a lucky guess. But um, if I if I do come up with the idea of some horrible person that needs dead. I'll be sure to know who to talk to. It's not just about being a horrible person. It's about being dangerous. Like the, uh... Like organized crime? That's... Bootleggers and such. Moonshiners. I don't think I could say that any of those people are dangerous. That's not what the papers say. We've been at this job for three years, Finn. You believe the papers? Well, he caught me there. Yeah, just like you caught me there, too. The, uh... There are many worse things in this world we've been finding out about that 
that go beyond simple, simple booze. Some might say the booze helps forget all the horrible things. He reaches into his coat, pulls out his flask, puts his knee up to hold the wheel steady and unscrews it and takes a hit before passing it over. Fintech takes a hit as well. But, um, well, I can't say I killed him to, uh, make him because he was dangerous. I can't say I did. There's a... Must have been... Someone else who did it for that reason. That whole town there... That's a... That's gonna be a mess. As much as there's all of those other things that... I wanna go back and take care of. I don't wanna do the paperwork for... Fish people. Sparkly stones. Deep ones. And whatever is up with that little boy. That's... That is one weird boy. But, um, I have two theories, actually, on who actually killed Mr. Fired. Because, like I said, it wasn't me. Why did Philip not come back? Right? That, that's, that's one. I, I, I don't really think Philip could do it. Right? He's not the kind of person that I think of who could just murder in cold blood like that for protecting his people. That just doesn't sound like him. But it could be. I just don't see it, but it could be. The other one is that whole town. Yes, that whole town is... Fish people. Fish people and cultist. And I don't know much about the telly, but I do know that there's operators who can listen in on calls. And we had to go through an operator to... Tell Mr. Patterson that we knew about Mr. Fired. They overheard and said, we're given a report as federal agents that Mr. Fired, we're going to try and hire him. Right? If you think of that, they could have told people at the Arder and dealt with it that way. Those are my two theories. Those are the two that really in my head make sense. Either Philip did it, but that doesn't make too much sense. Or it's the cultist. That's uh, that's not a bad theory. I know that when we first met like three years ago, Philip mentioned he killed somebody. I wouldn't be surprised to find out it's this Bertram he keeps talking about. <laughs> well, constantly in talking with him as a ghost, that'd be hilarious. That's a possibility that uh, this Bertram is some spirit hanging around him. I'd have thought it had done some kind of thing by now. What do you mean, thing? You know how they, they move stuff in the room or make it cold or something. Right. Yeah, we would have probably noticed that. All I get is a mild annoyance when he's around. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should go back to the office and move his little men on his desk around. So that it looks like the ghost is advancing the army on him. That. That does sound like a good plan. However, I think to really sell it, we need to do a little bit of research and find out a famous battle and mimic it. Like, day after day is like a pretend battle. Pretend the ghost is from the battle. Ah, there we go. Now I know... uh, was there any Civil War stuff here near Boston? 
I don't know my Civil War history. American Civil War, not one of the many others. I uh, I don't think they got anything like that this far north. But we could take a trip south. Well, how about some sort of wire with the Indians? Maybe we could reenact one of those. I don't know if he has any Indian models, figures, toys. I don't know what you call them. Hmm. We could get some. And we could start replacing them in his army. The wire of independence. Really stick it to him. <laughs> that. You know what we could do? Tell me. The Baston Tea Party. That sounds perfect. They gotta have some kind of historical thing around here. We can go later in the week. I gotta, I gotta go down the shore over the weekend, but we could go tomorrow after work, find something. That sounds like a blast. Do a wee bit of research at the library and really write something up and really, really spook them. Get some tea. Just sprinkle it over his desk. Yes, that sounds, that sounds, yes, let's do this. We must. All right, then I'll see you, uh, tomorrow after work. Sounds like a plan. We've been sitting probably outside of Finn's house for a couple of minutes now, finishing up our plotting. Give him a, a good shake on the, on the scheming to be done. All right. Have a good one. I'll see you at work tomorrow. He'll wave, tip his hat, and then give you a minute to get inside and then drive off. Give vague directions in that it's Three hours northeast in Massachusetts. Right up the interstate. Oh. The interstate doesn't exist. Mm-mm. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> fix and post. Fix and post. Hit a button. Uh, That's right. I just hit the uh, delete button. It's fine. It all goes away. Yes. Smooth silence. Do they have, like, highways, or was it just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does she know about weirdness, or is she just like a clerk? She's kind of heard some stories. She has not heard the worst of the worst, though. She just knows that you guys deal with things. Does she believe it all? Does she know it all? No. I think she just thinks you're cute. I don't know why, because you're nothing but a big, hulking, ill-mannered man. (laughs) I mean, that's my charm. That's your charm. There are some women uh, like that, yeah. All 30 of it. That is my charm. All 30 of it. And then, okay. Woot woot, payroll. As government employees, you make $60 a week. You paid a lot of money to have Finn do your homework. (laughs) An outright stupid amount of money in order to write that report. Bruno's not that smart. No, he just got out of work. My int is 80. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Why do you think Patterson thinks I make the best reports? Oh, street smart. You're not book smart or learned smart. Nah, 
math falls into those categories. I know I'm paying a premium. (laughs) Paying a premium. (laughs) Plus all this free time he now has. Yeah. Look at him. He looks like a wreck. Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to skip out early because their reports are done? Man, I don't know who would skip out early because their reports are done. <laughs> yeah, Bruno's typically the last one at the office. I just leave my car there in a pool of Costanza. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's give Bruno <laughs> the hard time. Yeah. Let's RP it out. Okay. Why we're here. I mean, if if Philip's still there, I'm joining in. Let's do this. And he's going to head off to the therapist. Because Patterson told him to. Mm-hmm. You know the requirements of your job. I do. Okay. After Sam has left, I'm going to get up and look at Cookie and Philip's desk to see if their reports are hanging around. Then mine would be sealed and in the box wherever they yeah. be the outbox in fact and then ruth will come back by later and try and flirt with bruno again and take those and uh take them off the send to agent patterson thanks for saying try to flirt Jeez, way to call me out on in my inability no it's not that <laughs> ruth doesn't have the ability it's that bruno is thicker than molasses not reciprocating awkward <laughs> Spend a fair bit of time doing that because, well, fuck. I I think it's great that you go and you write your report, even though there's two freshly done ones. I figure that Bruno knows how to unseal an envelope better than he knows how to write this report. Yeah, but that there's a federal crime. Yeah, and not like that <laughs> He's quality control checking. <laughs> there you go. After a couple of minutes of writing the report, he's like, fuck this. He gets up, and I try to get into the report box just to mess with it a little bit to see if I can get it to open up. Oh, it's just like a little wire basket. Yeah, it's, oh, it's literally yeah, I was, I'm sorry. I was no, 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 it's it not a like box. A... It's the out box. It's just a little wire basket without, and then somebody comes, gathers them, and then distributes accordingly. My apologies. I was thinking like a drop box, like how I no, no, you know, no, drop no. The, ch- the rent check off. No, there's no criminals here. We don't have to worry about people taking things. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to put a pot of tea on. Bring it over, use the steam from the team kettle to, to steam it open, and then begin subtly plagiarizing. Oh, perfect. This is beautiful. Oh, perfect. Tell me, tell me you have forgery. <laughs> Not forgery. He doesn't have to forge. He, oh, okay, he's writing true. in his own hand what happened, but he's going to read Philip's report. He is. And, like, oh, not no. copy it word for word. <laughs> He's going to have to cut through all the shenanigans. He's not going to understand half the words. How good of an artist is is Philip? If he's playing with miniatures and reenacting things, 
I would think that has nothing to do with art. You can buy those miniatures pre-painted. Hey, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Not Philip. (laughs) I would hear the anger. (laughs) I would ask the Hero Lab. uh, We call it the Hero Lab Color Mini Kickstarter is going on. Oh, the uh, Hero Forge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is super Uh, neat. All right, roll historical miniatures. I mean, I was going to go with forgery because okay, it's a little That's bit more artistic. A spray where the more denser part of it is just soaked. So we're talking full-on anime, stab this dude in the chest, blood everywhere. Possibly. You have no forensic knowledge. You have no medical knowledge, neither of you. So however you would interpret that, that's how you interpret that. All right. Yeah. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruno. I love medicine roll. You have to get a one. <laughs> Do you want to spend seventy three luck points? No. No. Okay. I've got a couple of tickets in my hand for bets that I've placed. Did Finn place any bets? Finn would have placed a a dollar or two on the first race, just to figure out how this stuff happens, how it works. Luckily for you, I have no idea how gambling actually works. Uh, I assume the race is just who's going to come in first and buy how mm-hmm. much. Yeah, that's probably what we'll do. I mean, there's lots of things you can do. You could do the trifecta. You could do the daily double. You can do, you can, you know. I didn't realize. The, you the, can do win, play, show. You can bet to win. You can win to you can bet to place, you can bet to show. I mean, I didn't realize you had a gambling problem. <laughs> um, when I was a teenager, my parents would take us to the dog track and we'd spend an evening and, and we'd get to bet on dogs. <laughs> there you go. It explains so much. It doesn't, but it doesn't. Um, Those are my two Terry's. Those are the two that's really in my head makes sense. Either Philip did it, but that doesn't make too much sense. Or it's the cultist. The choice of words there. Or it's the cultist as I sit in the car with you. <laughs> well, Finn is filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He's full of something. <laughs> full of bullshit. <laughs> Bruno also still believes that you did it. Because we both failed our roles horribly. Well, yes. Okay. I, 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 yeah, right. Finn did not do a good job covering it up anyway. No. No. But like, it was also, I, I wanted to make it, uh, uh, Bruno sympathizes because he's like, I was probably going to do that. So that was that actually your plan for when you wanted to go? Because you said you wanted Bruno to go. Yeah, I wanted to go try to convince him to to come back to Derp, and if he didn't, I was going to shoot him and kill him. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to try and find get uh, memories of Bruno's mother. Um, that is also a possibility, but I, in his mind, it's not as cold blooded as like this guy's a threat. I got to take him out. Because he was, to use the words, he was a victim of circumstance where it's like, 
this dude basically tried to kill me because of his actions. Like, sure, it wasn't direct, but it, that's how he's rationalized. Oh, it. right. Yeah, that makes sense because Bruno watched the film. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that, like, he knows that it's not for his friends. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a without-a-net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a Net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.